This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast. Uh, remember, the Mike Francesa Podcast is exclusive on the. Uh, Bet Rivers Network, and for all of your wagering needs, it's Bet Rivers in New York and New Jersey, and Play Sugar House in Connecticut. Now, obviously, although the football teams are doing very well, the Jets suffered obviously some serious injuries, and the Wonder Hall is crippling because he was on his way to being something very special. I think he still will be. I don't think this is, you know, they do an amazing work with ACLs now, incredible work with ACLs, but it still finishes his rookie season. And he was on his way to a very, very special uh, rookie season. He's got a world of talent. Um, He was a terrific pick. uh, And that's a very sad uh, note. But right now the story is the Yankees off what was a, a devastating four-game sweep and one that rocks the very foundation of who they are. I can tell you this, all the talk has clearly been and expected, as you would expect it to be and will be going forward about what the future holds. Uh, and there are four people that it centers around. Obviously, it centers around the incumbents, Cashman and Boone. It also centers around, for some reason, two Yankee greats, Jeter and Mattingly. I do not expect to see Jeter and Mattingly with big positions with the Yankees. I'd be very surprised if that happens, number one. Number two, in talking to people, and I think it is time to make a wholesale change, wholesale, which means clean house, and that means management too. But from what I am told from people that I trust, Boone could be, you know, shaky, but they feel Cashman is not shaky in the least and that he's going nowhere, that he is held in, in that high of esteem with the uh, ownership and that he is going nowhere. That's what I've heard in, you know, the small amount of time since it unfolded. And uh, I trust where I hear it. Um, so let's do some emails. And remember, you can send your emails to my friends as a podcast at gmail.com. Um, I made some statements last night. Uh, I'll reiterate them as we go through, and we'll see what's on your mind. Jared starts us off. Do you think the Yankees, uh, if they had had Brett Gardner this year, it would have helped them win the ALCS? I think uh, they were missing his glove in the outfield and his veteran leadership. Um, that That is giving him, at this stage of his career, way too much impact. Um, could they have used them? Absolutely. Uh, Hicks was a, who I've never been a fan of, was just an utter disappointment. Cabrera didn't hit at all, and he did not play left field well. Um, That was asking him a lot. 
to be honest with you. And uh, he could have been a positive, as surely would have been Ben Attendee. But I don't think that was all we're talking about here. This was such a one-sided romp. You know, because a couple of the games are close, people are saying, oh, it really wasn't that big a gap. No, hey, this is baseball. What do you think? You're going to beat everybody by, you know, 10 runs? It doesn't work that way. The Astros did whatever they wanted to. If they needed to come from behind, they came from behind, as they did last night on two different occasions. If they needed a big hit, they got it. If they needed the long ball, they got it. If they needed the big out, they got it. They did everything right. And they did it in an overpowering style in four straight games. It was uh, That's as decided a romp as you can get. Um, but I think that would have been given uh, Brett too much, uh, too much impact at this stage of his career. Hershey Valley Stream, for years I have thought that the Yankees needed to change from Cashman, but uh, knew there was no shot they would let him go after this utter disgrace. Is there any shot that he finally makes the move, meaning how? I don't think so. From what, I think they should change it. It's not that Cash hasn't had a career. He has. He's had a wonderful career. But I think it's time for a change. Uh, from what I am told, that is not going to happen. The people I trust who I talk to say he is just held in too good a stead with the team and with ownership it is not going to happen. So they do not expect it to happen at all. So that dismisses the third email, which is from Vincent, would you consider Theo Epstein? I might, but the Yankees wouldn't. Nor would they ever consider his price tag. Uh, Fred and East Haven, one of the biggest differences that I noticed between the late 90s uh, teams versus this one is that they picked each other up and had a lot of non-all-star players who made big plays and got big hits in big spots. Uh, this team had to rely on Aaron Judge, who was very disappointing in the postseason, and nobody picked them up. You are exactly right. This team was utter-reliant on Judge, incredibly reliant on Judge. The lineup had automatic outs sprinkled throughout it, and when Judge did not hit, it really impacted this team dramatically. And Judge had a very, very poor postseason. Off a dynamic season, he had an extremely, extremely poor postseason. And he hasn't had great postseasons. We know that. Okay? So, uh, you know, is that a big issue? Uh, It can become one. It's still not a major sampling, but it can become one. In this day and age where you play so many postseason games in a year, your performance is much greater and deserves far more scrutiny than it did back in the day where you played a World Series and maybe you had 10 or 15 at-bats in a World Series or 20 on a big World Series or 30 on a massive at-bat World Series. It was not the same. Now you can wind up playing an incredible number of games in the postseason. As many as many players from a different era played in their whole careers. So that's why the scrutiny that is placed on the postseason performance is that much greater. Um, the teams 
of the, the great Yankee teams, the Tory Yankees, were reliant on no one. In terms of their everyday players, their biggest star was Jeter. And many times, he was, many times, when people analyzed the lineup, he was considered the maybe third or fourth best offensive players at times, despite the fact he was always very clutch. He was the leader, he played a pivotal position, and he was extremely clutch. But he never carried the team. That wasn't his way. He set the table more than carried the team. That was, that was his way. That's what made him a very unique player. But he led, and what he did, and Bernie Williams did too, was they played at as high a level, if not a higher level, in the postseason than they did in the regular season. Those players are treated very, very well. Eli Manning's another one of those who his postseason performances are raised. He's at his best when the game's the biggest. Peter was at his best when the game was, was biggest. Bernie was at his best when the game was uh, biggest. They got big performances out of Tino Martinez, out of Scott Brocious, go down the line, and many other role players, and guys who were everyday players but not superstars. That team would beat you, just like I mentioned last night. The classic comeback in 03 against Pedro Martinez from 5-2 down in the eighth. You're in the eighth inning against one of the greatest pitchers in baseball history. In the seventh and deciding game. And are you out of it if you don't get a walk, a bloop, and a blast? No. It starts off with a line drive double that is a ball that Trot Nixon probably should have caught off the bat of Derek Jeter. Bernie Williams then hits a line drive, base hit the center field, a rope that scores Jeter, makes it 5-3, and moves the train. Matsui comes up and hits a ball inside the first base bag, down the right field line, and now the Yankees have it set up at second and third. Martinez stays in the game. Posada dumps a single. In the center field of Texas League, and now it's 5-5. Add in the fact that Musina came out of the bullpen and pitched brilliantly in that game. Mariano Rivera pitched three innings in that game. And it finally ended on a walk-off home run, as we all know. But in that eighth inning of that classic game, the Yankees did it with a double, a single, a double, a single. They didn't do it with a home run. They didn't do it with a walk, a hit batter, and then a home run. They didn't do it with a bloop and a walk and a blast. Rallies now for the Yankees have a home run involved, or they don't have a rally. That wasn't the case with that team in the 90s. And the players lifted themselves, and they had many, many clutch performers, from Derek Jeter to Bernie Williams to Paul O'Neill to Posada, to Matsui, all the way down. And Matsui later on, of course. But go earlier, O'Neal, Brocious, Tino Martinez, Chuck Knobloch. Go to the great inning against San Diego. 
Knobloch, three-run homer, Tino, after he takes a pitch where Langston thought he had him struck out, grand slammer. The bottom line is it could be anybody in that lineup. But for the most part, it was, and if you look at the guys who have all the postseason numbers, it's Jeter, it's Bernie, time after time after time. And they were guys who played as all-stars in the regular season, not superstars. Jeter was a superstar because of the all-around nature of his leadership, his persona, and everything else. But these guys did not carry teams. They were not Aaron Judges. They were not Mickey Mantles. They were not Babe Ruths or Barry Bonds or Joe DiMaggio's. And the Yankees now have never had the kind of balance that they had with that team. Never. And one of the biggest things that Houston has done, and Houston is a team that has a lot of new age thinking. And remember, how to replace its brain trust because of the scandal. But they are very forward-thinking. But what they have done very well is they have allowed players to leave or be without players. So they lose Korea. They lose Brantley to injury. They lose Springer. They let players leave, and they replace them. Here's an Alvarez. Here's a Tucker. Here's a Pena. These guys are terrific players. Where are the Yankee players that they have replaced all these players with as a guy leaves. Uh, Dustin asks, do you see any way the Yankees are a World Series contender next year if Judge is not on the team? How could they possibly get enough guys in the lineup to complete, compete with Houston if Judge is gone? Well, if you're going to base it just on guys who are free agents – if they lost Judge, there's a hole there that they can't replace because of what he did this year. But we have all learned that when you have that kind of money to spend and you can spend it in a certain way, then you can build a lineup. So it's not like they can't compensate if they lose them. They can compensate if they make smart moves. Mike from uh, Washington Township uh, emails, in my opinion, the seeds of the 2004 Yankee loss to the Red Sox and the ALCS can be traced to the winter before when Steinbrenner, who for whatever reason was never a big Andy Pettit fan, uh, made a lukewarm attempt to re-sign him as he wound up signing with the Astros. With Pettit, the Yankees wouldn't have lost. Do you agree? Yes. What the Yankees did was run out of starting pitching. When they got, when, when, when the Red Sox came from behind against Mariano in the ninth inning of game four and then beat the bullpen again from 5-3 behind in game five. When game six, 
when the scene shifted and they put Schilling and his bloody sock on the mound, the Yankees had no answer. They had no pitchers they could trust. They had no starting pitching left. They were completely void of starting pitching for the last two games. And it showed. If they had had Andy Pettit, it never would have happened. I totally agree with that. Uh, Victor, is there any comparison between the Big Red Machine that beat the Yankees in 76 and did it in four-game street and this current Astros team? That's a very interesting question. I don't think there's any direct comparisons. The Big Red Machine was one of the great teams of all time. It was a team that had okay starting pitching, a great bullpen, and a legendary lineup bolstered by great defense and superstar players. You had Pete Rose, Joe Morgan, Johnny Bench, Tony Perez. You also had Concepcion. You had Griffey Jr., Dan Dreesen. You had Geronimo in center field. You had wonderful players, role players, superstar players, an incredible lineup, great defense, and great relief pitching. And the Yankees, when they played him in 76, had no power. They had very weak throwing arms in the outfield with the Yankees, uh, were embarrassed by. And the Reds really took advantage of the Yankees in that regard. And the lack of power was so pronounced it led to the whole Reggie Jackson thing. They were a team that wasn't a home run hitting team. And in that series, they were overwhelmed. Completely overwhelmed. And, you know, Munson had a great series. But Game four, Johnny Bench, and I was there. I went to games three and four of that series. Very cold, Yankee Stadium, freezing, like 34 degrees at game time. I sat upstairs, first base, top level, first base about eight rows from the, from the rail, about right on first base in the upper deck. And... Went with my late brother, Marty, to the games. First World Series game I had ever been to. And the Yankees were, they just were overmatched. Case closed. The Reds were just better. Always wanted to play the Reds again. Yankees, which became a great, crusty team the next year. Um, and were a great team in 77 and 78. And could play, those 77, 78 teams could play with anybody. They would back down from nobody. I always wanted the Yanks to play the Reds again. They didn't. They played the Dodgers both those years, beat the Dodgers both those years, and then lost to the Dodgers in 81. But I always wanted to play those big red machine again, and they didn't get a chance. Um, Mark emails, uh, Mike, you have made a lot uh, about athletes performing in the regular season versus performing in the postseason. That being said, I don't see a lot of people taking Aaron Judge to task for coming up small. 
uh, in the series against Houston and losing a third ALCS to them. He's a career 220 postseason hitter, and I think it's time that he is taken to task. Okay. He had a great season. He has not been a great postseason performer. He has not lifted his game in the postseason or done anything like he's done in the regular season in the postseason where the pitching is better. And clearly, both Cleveland and Houston went after Judge. They attacked him. And he didn't handle that well. He had been very used to being pitched around. And they attacked him. They attacked him in the strike zone. They didn't have any fear of him, and it worked out well. He hit a couple of home runs. He hit a couple of balls that could have been home runs that fell just short. But you know what? That's October baseball. Some days the atmosphere and the wind blowing in is not going to provide that same thing it does in August and, and in July. Greg emails, which baby bomber would you say has been the biggest disappointment? Of the ones that came up, Sanchez, Torres, Andrew Harbird. Um, I would say that if that group, Sanchez, because so much was expected early. And when he got started, everyone thought that he was going to be just an amazing power-hitting catcher for a very long time. And it obviously didn't happen. Neil emails, last night you said something felt different about this Yankee season ending. Was the feeling different the entire season or just in the playoffs? The feeling was very different in the middle of the season. The Yankees got off to a crazy start. They won a lot of games. Judge did some amazing things to win games they probably shouldn't have won. They came from behind and won a lot of games. They had an incredible record. They were being compared to the best teams in history, which I thought was ridiculous. Because when I looked at the team, I said, are we sure that this bullpen... Holmes and King are going to do this all year? I haven't trusted Chapman in years. I've told you for years I thought he was done. So to me, the Yankees still didn't go into the season with the bona fide kind of closer they've had in the past when they were good. And, of course, the years where they had the greatest closer of all time. This team went in there with very, very weak bullpen the King injury, all the injuries to the guys who were out, obviously, in the bullpen, and then not having Holmes be Holmes. Like last night, I thought Peralta did a yeoman's work. I thought uh, Loisica did a great job. And it still wasn't enough because the defense broke down in the big spot. And the Yankees showed you just how weak they were and unsettled they were. And you know what? Leadoff had something to do with not having LeMayu there. The problems they had defensively in left field where the ball kept dropping in. All right, you can, sh- you can uh, point to Benatendi not being there, but other teams have injuries too. But here's the thing. The Yankees couldn't even settle on who they wanted to play shortstop. 
They couldn't settle on who to lead off. They, and they should have been leading off Bader once they gave him the first game there. And I even said that. I said a couple of days ago, I said, Bader's got to be the leadoff guy. He's getting on base. He's hitting the ball well. You want to put some people in front of Judge. That's what you're looking for. And Bader had a very good series. We know that. He had a very good postseason. He's a nice player. I don't think he's a great player by any stretch of imagination, but he's a nice player. He had a very good postseason. Rizzo had a very good postseason. He's a wonderful player. Uh, He's a leader on the team. From my understanding, he is a very big leader on the team. Extremely big leader. And he's a great defender. And he comes up with big hits and plays smart. And does it the right way. So they need guys like Rizzo. But when you don't even settle your shortstop position, that's when you get mistakes like you got last night on the Pena ball. And if you're as good as the Astros, you take advantage of every mistake anybody gives you. If somebody gives you an extra out, you make them pay. And that, hap- that absolutely happened last night. And the Yankees couldn't get the Astros out when they needed to. They couldn't get Bregman out when they needed to. Last night they couldn't get Alvarez out when they needed to. And they couldn't get a big hit off the back of that pen. And let's be honest, McCullers had nothing last night, and they still got five innings out of him where he kept his team in the ballgame. He got off to a terrible start with a couple of bloops and the hit batter and everything else. And he settled down enough to get five innings out of that game where he really had nothing. I mean, you just just saw it. Everything they did worked. And you saw how glaring the Yankee weaknesses was. You go in a series and you don't have anybody settled at the leadoff spot. You don't have anybody settled in the closer role. And you don't have anybody settled at shortstop. How are you supposed to win? But I saw when this team had that 50-game stretch that was like Stump Merrill-like. That was, you know, was the worst 50-game stretch the Yankees have had since the days of Stump Merrill. It stuck with me that this team never regained its traction. It played okay for a couple of weeks in September and kept the lead, didn't completely collapse, okay? But it never, and it was carried inordinately by a guy who had a special season in Judge. And I just did not think this team... was a serious contender. And I find it a team that is has so many prevailing weaknesses. And I'll tell you, I don't trust a lot of their big players. I don't trust them. I don't trust Cole. And Cole pitched well in the postseason this year. And he should have got a chance to pitch out of that bases loaded jam in the sixth inning. To bring Trevino in there for Cole is almost a slap in the face. 
If you put Loisa in, you could almost rationalize it, but it's still wrong. Bring anybody but Loisa in is crazy. He's got the best stuff out there. And I thought Peralta was game. I thought he was game when he came in. He tried very, very hard against a very, very tough lineup. A lineup that takes advantage of situations. Perfect example. Yankees are up. Cortez walks the first two batters. And now Pena's ahead of him 3-1, and Pena says, you know what? It's going to have to be a perfect pitch, but I'm not going to let him just drop a batting practice, a batting practice pitch in terms of quality into the strike zone for strike two. And when Cortez tried to do that, the ball went in the bottom of the deck. Went in the back of the lower deck, and you had a three-run homer. That's taking advantage of the situation, and Houston did that throughout. So I felt that they were not carrying a real team, a real threat of a championship team into the postseason. And frankly, I don't think that Benatendi and... LeMayu would have been enough. Now, if you couple those two with three or four other guys out of the pen, now at least you're closing the gap. But it would have had to taken all that. And nobody gets to add every player back that they lost during the season. I mean, no one gets to do that in the postseason. Which players on this Yankee team have to be here next year? Now, there are some players that I can tell you right now are automatically here next year. We can tick them off. But if you're asking me which player in my mind has to be here 100%, like if you had said to me in 1997 when the Yankees coming off a championship, lost to the Indians, a heartbreaking defeat that really rocked the Yankees that year. If you had said to me what Yankees need to be here, I would have given you a long list on that team that would have included regulars led by Jeter and Bernie and Paul O'Neill and Mariano Rivera, of course, and starting pitches that I can tick off. On this team, when I look at this roster, now a lot of people will say judge. Considering he's 31 next year and how much money he is going to command, I don't think he being back is completely automatic. Are they going to feel his loss? Absolutely. The guy had an incredible season this year. But judge aside, and we know a guy like Cole is going nowhere. There are very, very 
underline very few guys who have to be here. And that's a damning statement about this team. Very, very few. Chris emails a long time ago. He said the Yankees didn't need Stanton. I don't know what he said the Yankees didn't need Stanton. I said they didn't want Stanton. I didn't want a power hitter wrapped up in a $325 million, a, a, a power hitter who locked up your DH spot, who was injury prone, and who was going to command a $325 million contract. I did not want that player on the team. I know they didn't give up a lot for him, but he still impacted the team dramatically in terms of what what could be afforded elsewhere, salary-wise, and clogging up the DH as much as he did on a team that had a lot of DHs. I thought he was a very bad person to add. I don't think he was the right fit at all at the time. And I think they are a team that is very, very ill-matched. I don't like the lineup. I don't like the balance of the lineup. I don't like the way they play. I don't like a lot of players on the team. I hate the roster. I've said that for the last two or three years. I don't like this roster, and I still don't. And say they can't win games, and you know what? They spend a ton of money. Of course they can win games. When you have that kind of payroll, and you're the New York Yankees, you're going to win games. But I don't think they have ever got this roster where it needed to be. And I don't like a lot of players on this team. And I would miss very, very few of them. I would miss Rizzo. I would not miss many of these players, I have to admit. If I would have gone back to the team of the 90s, if you ask me what guys I would have missed and I wouldn't want to lose, I guarantee you I would have been well into double digits on that team with performance. On this team, I would not fill one hand. I don't like this roster. I don't like the makeup of this team. I don't like the composition of it at all. I didn't like Cole being brought here. I didn't like Stanton being brought here. I really don't like the team. Never have. Doesn't mean it doesn't have talent. We know it hit 254 home runs. We know the year that Judge had. Not taking that away from him. And we know there's guys who have ability on this club. But it's just a very, very odd team. And I was very much about 
adamant about bringing Rizzo back to this team. A lot of people didn't, didn't think it was important. I thought it was very important on a lot of different levels. I thought it was very important for their infield defense, for what he provides from the left side, for his ability to hit home runs, all that stuff. He is a gamer. He's an old-fashioned player. And this team hasn't a clue about what it takes to win, play winning baseball. Not a clue. And it needs, it needs an overall. And I'm not even sure you hear a lot of stuff about Boone being a puppet. I can't tell you that. I, I mean, I, I know what I hear. But let me say, I saw things this year that were not good signs for Boone. They were Yankees who threw Boone under the bus in the series. And that is something that when you see it, it usually is a very poor sign, especially for a guy who is a quote-unquote player's manager. And that means he's a guy who does not kill his players is pretty easy going on as players and also goes out of his way to protect them. Doesn't really go out there publicly and demand things from his players. And I don't think there's been a whole lot of accountability with this squad. I really don't. And I think when you hear stuff like last night, and I understand we're in a different era in baseball. All right? And we're in a different era in all walks of life in terms of how data is utilized, how it is analyzed, how it is linked to performance. I understand that. Understand the new idea of thinking that we have now in terms of how to link management to performance. But when you have a quote unquote mental helper or, you know, a guy who is supposed to be able to, through psychology, aid their performance. And you hear this guy decided to use one of the worst moments in Yankee history. And really the blemish on a group that were a dynasty Until that point. And you utilize that batch of games to motivate this team when it is faced with a similar hill to climb. It makes you wonder what has ever happened to the Yankee way of doing things and the Yankee way of thinking. It's almost... When I first heard that, I thought it was a joke. I didn't think it was serious. 
Then you saw everybody parrying it throughout the game last night. I mean, it's laughable. The, you're the New York Yankees. Act like it. The problem is they don't anymore. They don't have any swagger anymore. They don't act like the Yankees anymore. Those teams in the 90s, they had, once they learned how to win, which they did in the middle of the Braves series, and that's what they got from Joe Torre. They learned how to win in the middle of that series. They took the Braves' best shot, and they turned it around. And remember, they got destroyed in games one and two, and they were down big in Atlanta. And never blinked. And then in game five, they were in one of the great pitching duels in World Series history between Smoltz and Pettit. And they gutted the game out. And then beat a generational pitcher, one of the great pitchers ever in game six. To come from behind against, and they were, they were overwhelming underdogs. As a matter of fact, the Yankees hadn't been an underdog of that magnitude again until this series. They were two to one underdogs to the Braves in that series. They are, were two to one underdogs to the Astros in this series. And that series, when they got bombed the first two games, and I'm sure that Yankee team, which had its heart broken in 95, after leaving the Mariners two games to love, I'm sure that team had its doubt, and that's where Torrey became... He became Joe. He became St. Joe. Tory, who had never had success as a manager. He understood what was needed to lead that group through that situation and to instill in them not to panic, that they could do this. And they did, and then they came out the other side. And remember, they had a bad loss in 97. But then they turned around and just rolled off. Starting in game three of that 96 series, they rolled off 14 straight World Series wins. That's what dynasties do. And they you used to, I was at all of those games. And we would be in the fifth inning. And I'd be there, and we would be there with Dog, and, you know, we'd be going back and forth and breaking chops and everything. And the Yankees, a lot of those games would be losing. And you never blinked, and neither did the team. They didn't worry about it. They didn't worry if they started, didn't have it, and they got a couple of runs behind because they knew the pen was going to hold their opponent, and they were going to chip away, and they were going to find a way, and they did. Time after time after time, they knew they were going to win. 
They've lost that. They've lost that swagger, that confidence, that real belief in that, hey, we're Yankees. We understand how to win. Winning is our brand. Yankees think a lot about selling your stuff now. But winning is no longer their brand. And that's the problem. And that has to be changed. Otherwise, the losses in the postseason are just going to continue as they have year after year after year. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan. And you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli Podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts.